Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Well, some of the great stories from the Bible on the screen there. Turn your Bibles this morning, if you would, to the book of Luke, chapter 19. And we're going to continue our series uh, today entitled The Bible. We've just been looking at some awesome stories in the Bible. We looked at two out of the Old Testament. Uh, I'm going to look at one out of the New Testament today and then another one next week. Um, but real quick, how many of you guys uh, like peace? Anybody in here like peace in your home? You like peace in your life? In your, how many of you guys like finances? Anybody like finances? Come on, how many of you guys would like some peace in your finances? Come on. Uh, sign up for Financial Peace University today in the lobby um, so we can make sure that we got all the, uh, enough uh, booklets and all that stuff and make sure that uh, we're ready to go for that. Make sure you stop there. Luke chapter 19. Uh, talking about the Bible. We covered Noah, uh, and simply what we've been doing is really taking some of my favorites from when I was younger. Uh, I always liked the story uh, of Noah and the ark, and so we talked about that last week, talked about Daniel in the lion's den. Did anybody get anything out of that, that message and that story? One person. Thank you. Okay, good. Uh, somebody got something out of that. Well, hopefully you're getting something out of each one of these Bible stories. And uh, I, I remember growing up, uh, going to Sunday school, a lot of you didn't have that opportunity as I did, but I was a pastor's kid, grew up in a pastor's home. And so I was at church whether I wanted to be or not. Come on, somebody. And I, I love my mom for it today, but back then we, I didn't necessarily always love her for it. But um, as some people would say, I was a drug addict, right? I was drug to church. Every, and so I got drugged there, and my mom took me there, and I'm glad she did, because um, I'm saved today because of the work that my mom put into my life. But thinking back on some of those stories in Sunday school, it's always fun, uh, because uh, although they're told with as much accuracy as possible to a child, um, as you get older and you reread the stories, how many know they're, they're quite a bit different than what you heard in Sunday school, Right. And so we've been looking at some of those. Well, today we're going to look at a, a real popular one. And uh, it was probably one of my favorites growing up. I wouldn't say it is so much anymore. Uh, but in Luke 19, we're going to look at a guy named Zacchaeus. Okay? How many of you guys heard about Zacchaeus growing up? Anybody? Maybe you didn't even grow up in church, but you heard about Zacchaeus. Maybe you've heard the song. Does anybody want to sing it? No, I said, does anybody want to sing? No, just kidding. Um, just kidding. Yeah, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. Yeah. Um, and, and, and really, honestly, that's probably all I remembered about the childhood story is the song. Uh, but today as we dive into it, I believe we're going to see so much more in the context of this passage. And so uh, to me, really, this story is a story about God's amazing grace, his glorious grace, and the people's grumblings. And we're going to look at that today. Luke 19, 10 short verses, and it reads, He entered Jericho and was passing through. Why was he passing through? Because he was on his way to Jerusalem, on his way to be crucified. And there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector and was rich because he went through Financial Peace University. And he was, just kidding, he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was we, or small, right? He was small of stature. 
So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him, how? Joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. Wow. He has gone to be with the guest of a man who is a sinner. The audacity of Jesus. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. Now everybody's happy. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham by faith. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. Uh, Lord, I pray in the next few moments that we have together that, God, you would just speak to us and that you would teach us from this story that many of us heard maybe in, in Sunday school or heard from our friends and maybe we didn't even know the story, but we knew the song. But God, I pray that today that we would see this story for what it really is and we would understand it and it would cause us to grow. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Going to jump right into it for time's sake, but there are two main characters of the story. The first one is Jesus. How many know that the Bible is all about Jesus, right? Come on, it always has been, always will be about Jesus. He is the centerpiece of what we know as the gospel. And this story is about a man named Jesus, but he has a, there's, there's like a side story to it really, and this guy's name is Zacchaeus. Jesus now is on a journey to Jerusalem, going there so that he can be crucified to die for the sins of all humanity. Where, where we pick up in this story is Jesus now is walking through Jericho, Jericho, the city of Palms, okay, lots of palm trees, trees there, and they name it thus. And so he's on his way. He's literally only days away from what we know as the triumphal entry. Y'all know about the triumphal entry, right? Uh, where, where he comes in and they rejoice and they lay, they lay, you know, tree leaves down and he walks across and they all, whoo, they cheer for him. And then they, then they kill him, okay? And so he's only, only, only moments away from that and only moments away uh, from what we know as the crucifixion, which then leads to the resurrection. This is a great story for us today because uh, not only is it leading up to that in the Bible, but we're leading up to that. We're weeks away from, from the whole world, whether, whether openly or consciously celebrating it, the world is going to celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus going through Jericho. And here we see it in the story. We have another guy named, named Zacchaeus. And, and Zacchaeus, and that, that literally means righteous one, okay, which he's completely not. We see in the story, he's, he's far from that. Even the crowd recognizes that Jesus is going to stay with a sinner. This is not a good dude. He's not a righteous one. But what we see in the story is we see Jesus enter the picture and takes that which is not righteous and makes it righteous. I think that's pretty cool. I think it's interesting to note that he is also going through Jericho because Jericho in the Old Testament was the first city that the children of Israel had to conquer before they went into the promised land. 
It was a test. Now here is Jesus, thousands of years later, walking through, walking now through that city that has been already taken, already been conquered, okay? And on his way to the cross says, I need to stop there and I need to do something before I actually go and die on the cross. I need to meet a a man named Zacchaeus. And if you follow the path, you follow the trail, even though it's only found in this one gospel, it's almost as if it's the only reason why Jesus actually passed through there. And he meets a guy named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is a powerful man, and he's a very rich man, okay? Now, he's powerful and rich, not because of his stature, very clearly, okay? And I I found it interesting. I was talking with my wife yesterday, and I said, is it not interesting that I'm talking about a short guy on St. Paddy's Day? Come on. (laughs) I thought about labeling my message Zacchaeus, the leprechaun, okay? But I, I didn't know if that would work, so... So Zacchaeus, but he's powerful and he's rich. The reason he's powerful and rich, though, is not because of honest gain. It's because of dishonest gain. Zacchaeus works now for the Roman government, okay? And he is in charge of not only collecting taxes from people and getting those taxes to the Roman government. It says he's the chief tax collector, Okay? And as the chief tax collector, he actually had multiple people under him that would go and get money, and then they would bring it to him, and then he would bring it to the Roman government. Okay? Now, this was a very evil way of gain because the Romans didn't care how they got their money as long as they got their money. And so they established these people, and then they would have people under them. And what was common is that these tax collectors would go, and they would not only take the taxes that belonged to the Roman government, they would take extra Sounds like another government I know. (laughs) Hmm. And so they would take, and they would take extra, and then they would pocket the extra. But now because Zacchaeus was over them, they knew that they had to give him some too. So they were taking large amounts of money. They were taking like your kids' college funds. Come on, somebody. And they were taking this stuff from the people, and then they would, they would then give Zacchaeus his cut, and then Zacchaeus then would bring the government their cut. So people getting ripped off, but also people getting rich all along the way. And this is the story of Zacchaeus. This is the guy that we're talking about today, and really nobody liked this dude. Nobody. They didn't like him. They looked down upon him. We even see it in the crowd later on in the story. Like, what is Jesus doing? His, they did not like Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is literally, this would be like, this would be like, like the worst of the worst today. Taking a cut, manipulating the system, doing something that, that literally irritates everybody. Okay? Whatever that is to you, think about that person, that Zacchaeus. Okay? Now, when I think about Zacchaeus, and I have a picture here. This is the only picture that comes to mind. I don't know if you guys got that picture back there. But this is the person that comes to mind, and it's not the Bible. It's not the Bible. Okay, we don't have it. All right. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, there it is. Okay. Oh, yeah, you had it. You had it. Go back to it. Okay, we don't have a lot of time, guys, so if you can get back to it, cool. We're going to start on worship song. Oh, no, we're going to throw Katie up. Hi, Katie. Hi, Okay, forget it. So you guys saw it real quick, right? The Danny DeVito. That's the, I don't know why, but that's the picture that comes to my mind. But yes, probably because he's short. But when I, when I picture Zacchaeus, I see him bald. I see him a little chunky. I don't know why. That's just what I see. And is it there? Okay, yeah, that right there, okay? So in the next few minutes as we talk about Zacchaeus, just have that in your mind, all right? Okay? Because it's going to play into the story, all right? 
That's what I think of. Now, I don't know if I just ruined all of your images of what Zac, the story of Zacchaeus right now. And every time you hear it, you're going to think of Danny DeVito, all right? But I think they should make a movie, and I think he should star in it. But, okay. but he's a guy that nobody likes. He's, he's probably got very nice robes on because he's a businessman, although a dishonest businessman. He would be like the, the guy, you know, driving the really nice car with the three-piece suit, all right? This is, he's, he'd look at him and say, oh, he's a businessman, but he's a corrupt businessman. This is Zacchaeus, Okay. But one of the issues that he has is he's small. He's small. Here in the picture we have Jesus, absolute righteousness. And then we have the counterpart, Zacchaeus. We'll call him Zach. We have Zach, and he's an absolute sinner. Absolute righteousness comes into Jericho, finds absolute sin, and begins to work on that. So here we go with the story. Jesus comes into Jericho. There's a lot of people. There's a crowd following him. Zach has probably heard about Jesus. He's, he gets around. He knows people. He talks to people. He's probably heard about Jesus. And, and now as this crowd comes in, they probably hear people. He probably hears people saying, hey, Jesus, hey, Jesus. But because he's so short, he can't see Jesus. Now, I don't have that problem, Okay. But I remember about two years ago, I was at the 48-hour film festival because Caleb here was the main star in one of the short films. Okay, I thought it was the best one. I thought you should have won, Caleb. Yeah. And I was at the 48-hour film festival, and I walk into the theater, and there are so many people in this theater. I've never seen a theater that packed before. I mean, it was literally like this, right? And so I'm there, and Caleb's there, and we're both pretty tall, and, and then there's Joe, and then there's, there's, there's my wife, Katie, and they're a little bit shorter. So Caleb and I, see, when I stand in a crowd, I don't get claustrophobic because I can see over the top of everybody, okay? But I remember uh, Joe and Katie like, um, uh, Ben, which way is the bathroom? I'm like, what are you talking about? It's just right over there. And they're like, yeah, we, we can't see it. <laughs> and it didn't dawn on me. I was like, whoa. And so I literally did this. I literally got down at about Joe's height. <laughs> no, just kidding. I, 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 I'm just kidding. I got, I got down at about Joe's height. And I, I literally couldn't see over anybody. I was like, oh my gosh. There's a reason why God made me tall, because I really do actually get claustrophobic. You can ask my wife, like I can't handle it. And I would not, I would go crazy if I was in a crowd. I looked and I'm like, I can't see anything. I see why people freak out in mobs when things happen. Okay? And it was the freakiest thing ever. And I stood back up and I was like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> right? That's why my wife always grabs onto my hand when we're in a crowd. Right? This was Zacchaeus' perspective. He, he hears the excitement. There's something going on. I've heard I want to see him. And so now the Bible says that he runs ahead and he climbs up in a tree. Now these are two thing, things that men don't normally do. One, run. Unless you're Jonathan Collins. Then you, that's all you do is work out and run. Okay? But we don't particularly like to run unless it's running for our life with red and blue lights behind us, right? Or to the refrigerator. Come on, somebody. Okay. But here is a, a businessman. He would have had a three-piece suit on if he was today. And he sees it. Now he's running. Come on, how many think that would be an odd sight to see that? Downtown San Diego, the dude running, right? But then that doesn't stop there. He climbs up in a tree. Wow. Climbs up in a tree. Businessman. Everybody hates him. Small of stature, can't see. 
He runs, climbs up a tree just to see Jesus. It's interesting to me that the very thing that is blocking Jesus is humanity. And the only thing that can get Zacchaeus to see Jesus is divinity. Because man didn't create the tree, God created the tree. And the whole hope of Zacchaeus at this moment is, I want to see Jesus, but the very thing that's blocking Jesus is humanity. And so he can't. But think about how awesome God is, because as powerful as this man was, as much money as this man had, none of that could take him to the place to see Jesus. So Jesus, God in his grace, years before, says, hey, in the city of Palms, I'm going to put a sycamore tree right here. Because there's going to be a moment when my son Jesus is passing by, and there's going to be a man named Zacchaeus that won't be able to see me because humanity is blocking his way. And so in my grace, I'm going to provide a means for him to see my son Jesus. I don't know about you, but that makes me excited. Because the reality is this, in all of our power and all of our money and all of our friendships and everything that we have going around, listen to me, nothing we can do can get us to Jesus. We didn't stand at his door and knock. Jesus, let me in. We, We didn't go and seek and save the Savior. The Savior came to seek and save the lost. And it is by his grace and his grace alone, he provides a means in the town of Jericho for this man to see Jesus. And what does he provide? He provides a tree. Why why didn't he climb up a building? Why didn't he climb up a wall? He provides a tree. Interesting, he was going on his journey to die on a tree to save the world. And here, the tree represents salvation for Zacchaeus. If you follow that thought back, even back to the, the book of Genesis, it was at a tree that man sinned. And it was on a tree that salvation came. And if you read in the book of Revelations, there'll be a tree of life planted by the river, and its leaves will be for the healing of the nations. God provides a tree for Zacchaeus. I love this story. So that Jesus can be seen by Zacchaeus. I love the next part. Jesus does what? Jesus says, hey, Zacchaeus. Now remember, this is a guy that nobody likes. In the midst of this big crowd, the businessman up on the tree probably doesn't want attention brought to himself. He's hanging on a limb, looking down, trying to see Jesus. Jesus gets to the tree and stops and looks up and says, Yo, Zach! And listen to what he says, I must. In other words, this isn't even about you, Zach. This is about me. This is about Jesus. This is about my journey. This is about what I, what I must let all of them see. He calls out the worst sinner, the chief tax collector, in front of everybody. I love when Jesus does that. And he calls him by name. Never met him before, but says, Zacchaeus. 
I don't know about you, but if I was Zacchaeus, like, ah, does he know my name? <laughs> this just got really strange, right? But it's no different than we see throughout all of Scripture. Noah being called by name, Gideon being called by name, Moses being called by name, Paul being called by name. And the reality is, is he's still calling people by name. Because behold, he stands at the door and he knocks. He knows your name. And what does the Bible tell us? The Bible tells us this, that he knows, this, this, this scripture is weird to me, but he knows every hair on your head. It's numbered. For some of you, that's not too hard for him to do. But for others of you, <laughs> right? For others of you, I'm glad he said head because, you know, right? It's facial hair too. Some of you, he's, he's got your number. He calls by name. Zacchaeus, I must go to your house today. Now that stuns the crowd because the crowd doesn't like him. Isn't it interesting how the crowd still gets stunned today? Because you can see it. Just jump on Facebook, jump on Twitter. Okay? The only time we're tweeting about hanging out with somebody, if it's somebody that either A, we were like, or that's really important. Right? I remember, I remember, you know, growing up in church and in the, in the youth, youth days uh, when I was a youth pastor and we'd go to a youth conference and all these churches would be there and they'd have a salvation call and people would come up and get saved. And then the next day, you know, somebody would get up, oh, yesterday was awesome. Man, man, the, the, the quarterback of the high school football team gave his heart to Jesus. And then they'd parade him up on the stage. He's the star football player. Let's all thank Jesus for his salvation. And then the dude that, you know, the nobody, right? What's up with that guy? That's quiet. Doesn't, doesn't heaven, does the Bible say all heaven rejoices when the star quarterback gets saved? All heaven rejoices when the rich businessman got saved. Woo, tithes and offerings are going to go through the roof. Woo. No, the Bible says that all heaven rejoices over one. But we pull the most popular. We Facebook, oh man, I was hanging out with so-and-so today. When's the last time we tweeted, hey, I just, I just fed a homeless guy named Frank today. Why, why not that? That's essentially what Jesus did. Nobody likes him. And if there was Facebook back then, Jesus would have stopped, pulled out his iPhone. I'm going to Zacchaeus' house today. Post. That's essentially what happened. In the crowd, hey, Zacchaeus, I must go to your house. And so he does. Goes to his house, calls him by name. But I want you to notice something. It's much like today. Um, if a, a random person just says, hey, I'm coming to your house today. I don't know, you ain't. Are you crazy? I got a gun. <laughs> no, the, the only, this is beyond. The people you really invite over to your house are your friends. See, you didn't even say relatives. You're like, friends. <laughs> I invite my mother-in-law over. Are you crazy? Yeah. You just immediately all said friends. Those are the people we invite. Those are the people we want to hang out with. We invite those people over to our house, our friends. What was Jesus doing? Jesus was not calling Zacchaeus to come to his house because he didn't have one. He was calling himself into friendship with Zacchaeus. 
He was calling himself to say, hey, you and I, things are changing today. None of these guys, they don't like you. They don't want to be around you. But you know what? I came to seek and save the lost. I came to seek and save the lost. He calls himself into friendship. And Zacchaeus is like, sweet. And for the longest time, I wrestled with why he was so joyful about it. But now I know. He had no friends. I mean, the only people hanging out with him were the other tax collectors. And they had to. So he's excited. He's like, joyfully, he probably did that too. (laughs) Joyfully. You like that dance move, baby. Don't lie. (laughs) Joyfully receives them. But here's the whole perplexing part about the story. Look at what the crowd does. Okay, we're going to wrap this up in five minutes. Look at what the crowd does. Zacchaeus, come down from must go to your house. So he hurried and came down and received him. And when they, the crowd, saw it, now this was a large crowd. When they saw it, they all grumbled. Oh, man, I can't believe this. Man. That's grumbling. Right? When's this guy going to be done preaching? He's preaching way too long. I have a lunch appointment today. They grumbled. But listen to what they did. This is the response to the ground. They grumbled to each other. They grumbled about Zacchaeus. They grumbled about Jesus. But ain't none of them going to Jesus or Zacchaeus. Gosh, it sounds like the church. Well. None of the Bible encourages if we got an issue with somebody, we should go to them. Take church. For some of you, this sounds like your prayer life. Oh, God. That Caleb, dude, Jesus. That Brandon Miller guy, God, you've got to do. And we grumble to God about, well... It's quiet in here today. Let's go back into worship because that was a really fun moment and let's not learn anything out of the word today. Let's just all love Jesus. They grumbled. They complained. They're upset. Not one of them goes up to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, can we talk for a minute? I, I just want to question your leadership for a minute because <laughs> all of you noticed, but all of us, we've been hanging out with you. We've been following you. That dude up a tree, different. Woo. Not one of them went to Zacchaeus and said, Zacchaeus, look, nobody likes you. He feels bad for you. There's really no relationship there. Nobody does that. They all talk with each other. They grumble and complain about. But what gets me more than that is not the fact that they were grumbling and complaining. It's what they were grumbling and complaining about. The guy that we despise, the guy that we do not like, the guy that nobody wants to be a friend with, that guy that steals all the money from us, he doesn't deserve salvation. He doesn't deserve it. We, on the other hand, I, if, he, if he said, I'll go to you, I get it if he wants to go to my house. But that dude, that's why Jesus sums up the story with he came to seek and save 
the lost. Who in your life would you be really upset about if they got saved? When's the last time you thought about that? Who in your ex-husband, ex-wife, that last boss that cheated you? That one business deal you had going on with that one guy, and then you, yeah, man. What if, what if they got saved? What would your response be? I was studying the other day, and I got rocked. I had to repent. No, no joke. I had to repent. Because here's what I realized about Christians, including myself, is we don't really want forgiveness, unless it's for us, of course. We don't really want forgiveness. We want justice. We want it to be just. It's not fair that that person should get that. It's not fair that that person, it, it, no, it, it's not fair. God, you know what they did to me? We want justice. We don't want forgiveness. It's not fair. So they grumble. They complain. It's a good message, huh? I, I enjoyed it this week. Who, who in your world, if they got saved, would you be like, I don't get it. I don't get it. He doesn't deserve it. That's why this is so encouraging. But why is it that sometimes we think we deserve it? And it's all of those people that thought they deserved it. And you've got to follow the story all the way through. It's all of those people that thought they deserved it that were blocking the one man who needed it from receiving it. The same ones that were blocking Zacchaeus' view were the same ones that grumbled when Zacchaeus got saved. How do we know he got saved? Listen. Come down, got to be at your house. He hurried down joyfully, and when they saw it, they all went off and complained. He has gone to be with a man who is a sinner. Now listen, and Zacchaeus stood because Jesus called himself into friendship with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus now stands at a, as a changed man. Now watch this, and says, Behold, Lord. Behold, Lord. What is Zacchaeus admitting right there? Romans 10, 9, the most comprehensive, redemptive name, Jesus is Lord. And he looks at Jesus and says, Lord. His life has now been changed. That quickly? Yeah, that quickly. Because then he begins to go make restitution. He begins to pay things back. Now the people are excited. Oh, do it again, Jesus. Let's find some more people for you to save, you know? Can you save this person? Because they owe me something too. Jesus is Lord. He calls him Lord. Listen to me. The same Jesus that saves people. See, we forget this about salvation. Jesus doesn't just save people. He changes people. 
He doesn't just call somebody out of something. He calls something, somebody into something. Hey, he saves us. Awesome. How do we know that salvation really took place? Listen to me. A changed life is the best proof of salvation. And Zacchaeus says, Lord, I'm going to give back some stuff. I'm going to give back some stuff because I realized I was wrong. And you've changed me. In this moment, in this instant, you've changed me. But I feel like sometimes we forget. Oh, we don't forget it when it comes to us. When it comes to others. And we question. Well, I don't know if that person's ready to do that yet. And I don't know if that person can, I don't know if they can stand at the door and shake somebody's hand yet. They got saved seven years ago. I don't know if they've been changed enough to do that yet. So I, he saves. He changes. And we see the change because he begins to pay back all that he's taken. See, Zacchaeus was not a story about a wee little man and a wee little man is he. Zacchaeus is a story about the amazing grace of Jesus who comes to seek and save the lost, the ones that we don't want to see saved. He comes to seek and save the lost. And there's some people in here like, well, that's awesome message, but what can I get out of it today? Give me some takeaways. Here's a takeaway. Stop grumbling. All right. Do you got something else for me? Yeah, I do. It's a question. Are you going to be the person in the crowd that blocks people from coming to Jesus? Or are you going to be the tree that God planted to bring people to Jesus? Which one are you going to be? Which one are you going to be? Easter weekend's coming up. I believe that this place is going to be full because we've been planting some trees. What does Easter egg hunt have to do with God? Isn't that a pagan thing? Last time I checked, God created everything and he can use whatever he wants including a talking donkey in the Old Testament, to bring whomever he wants to himself. And if he wants to use an egg hunt on March 30th to be a tree for somebody to climb and say, oh, there's Jesus, then let's do that. Let's plant a tree. If your pastor wants to encourage you to say, hey, grab one of these, oh, what's that have to do with Jesus? Maybe nothing. But it could be the tree that somebody climbs to find Jesus. Ah, oh, Pastor, man, you took like 15 minutes to take up the tithes and offerings. I'm never coming back to this church. Uh, last time I checked, money's made from trees. That was a good one, huh? There it is. It came to me right there. And what are you planting 
to others. See, this is one thing I learned is that in worship, yeah, this means we're over in the charismatic churches. It's a good sign. If this is your first time here, normally we don't go this long. We usually go till about two. So I'm ending earlier today. No, I'm kidding. If you're checking it out for the first time, we're usually done between 11, 15, 11, 20. Come back, give us another try. But you know what? It's usually the people that complain that are the ones that are blocking people's view of Jesus. It's blocking people from getting to where they need to be. I mean, think about the Old Testament. Twelve spies go in to the promised land, which Jericho was a part of. They go and they spy out the land. You all know the story, right? If not, man, look, watch the Bible tonight. You'll see it. It's awesome. Ten come back with a bad report, complaining, grumbling, and it holds everybody out from the promise. What would happen if Canvas Church said, Pastor, you know what, give me a card. I'm going I'm to plant a tree this week. Give me a book, Pastor. Let, let, let's do this. Let's see what happens. But it's an egg hunt, I know. It was a sycamore tree in the city of Palms. Go figure that one out. What would happen if we said, you know what? Let's just contend together and believe together. So God, what can you do through Easter weekend? And I know there's some people out there and they're like, oh, it's all those whatever they call them. They only come to church on Easter and they only come to church on Christmas. Good. Well, then let's set up a really big tree on Easter and Christmas so that they can climb and hopefully they see Jesus on that day. Why, why, why? See, it's the grumblers that are like, I'm not doing it. I'm, I've heard people say this. I'm not even going to church on Easter. Why? Because churches are packed with people that only go to church once, once a year. Awesome! Because God can work through that rather than your negative, critical attitude. What would happen if we just said, you know what? I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to pray for the next two weeks and say, God, would you bring a revival to my city? God, would you bring a revival to churches in San Diego? God, would you bring a revival to your message, the gospel message, that we could set up such a massive tree? No, not, not Canvas Church alone, but what if we as the church of, of Jesus Christ just said, man, we're going to give everything we got on that weekend, and we're just going to plant a big, big, massive city-sized sycamore tree so all of, the, all of the people that are far from God, all the people that are far from Jesus, could climb that tree and just get a glimpse of him. It is not our job to call people to salvation. It is our job to plant and to water, and he gives the increase. It is not our job to make people climb the tree. It's only our job to say, hey, I'm going to be a tree at my job. I'm going to be a tree at my school. I'm going to be a tree in my neighborhood. I'm going to be a tree in my marriage, because hopefully enough curiosity will be built in somebody. Say, I want to see Jesus. And he, Jesus, is the one then that seeks, says Zacchaeus, John, Peter, Susan, 
I just about named all the pair of people in the Chronicles of Narnia right there. That would have been cool. <laughs> Aslan. No, he's God in the movie. That's like, what trees are you going to plant so people can find Jesus? What's what it's all about. God, we thank you for your word today. And Lord, I pray you'd forgive all the people in here that are complaining because I went long. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the story of Zacchaeus that, 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 that teaches us not to grumble. God, I thank you that literally you've been building your church and Canvas is a part of that. And, and God, I believe that Easter is going to come and we're going to see a great influx of people and people are going to sit in the seat I normally sit in. And people are going to park in the spot I normally park in and I'm going to be happy about it. And I'm going to be excited about it because we want your name to be famous, Jesus. We want your name to be famous, Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.